Welcome to another episode of Culture Unfiltered. Culture Unfiltered. The podcast that offers an unfiltered take on corporate culture with members of the Paychex family. I'm Kevin Aubrey. And I'm Deborah Luna. From the quest for innovation to the importance of being responsible, we've got culture covered. So sit back, stay curious, and be here now. You ready, Deborah? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Unfiltered. Culture uh, we... Unfiltered. <laughs> Thank you. We are here today with Gina Pendel, who is our events marketing manager. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. How are you and guys? And welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. A little birdie told me this is your first podcast appearance. Is that true? <laughs> A big birdie, but yes, yes, it is. It's sort of, I think I use the expression of the cobbler shoes. I have uh, been behind the scenes on many, but it is my first being a guest oh. of one. Well, we are more than happy to have you here and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, it was a good little teaser for the second half of our conversation. <laughs> so we'll get to that in just a bit, but why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourself to our listening audience Tell them a little bit about your role um, and what you do here. I know that I personally love what you do. I'm, we've had some conversations about just me being sort of fascinated with your, your line of work and, and the type of things you do for the company. So tell us about your role sort of pre-COVID um, and then maybe get into a little bit of uh, how that role has needed to take a little bit of a shift. Well, thank you. First of all, that was a nice thing to say. Um, I am responsible for our corporate event marketing strategy and execution. And the three of us are responsible for about 130 live events a year. Wow. And I know people are usually surprised by that number. And that's things like HR tech and those types of things, or are they exactly. smaller events as well? Okay. And we do about a dozen large scale events. That's the SHRM, the HR techs, the APA Congress, the large trade shows that people see online or, or see in social media. Um, and then there's about 20 channel specific shows underneath that that are in between, still large um, for that channel, but maybe not of the scale of a SHRM or an HR tech. And then we do about 70 to 75 um, events with the strategic accounts team. And those are um, usually smaller regional shows or a franchise partner show. Um, but we do a couple of those a week. And pre-COVID, our season ran from February through September. And when you say when you say larger shows, just so that our, our, our listeners get an idea of what that means, larger versus smaller. So for a larger show, what type of attendance are you typically experiencing or booth visitation? And then a smaller show, what's that spectrum? Well, we call our tier one shows our large shows. That's a, like a 20 by 40 booth. That's a 10,000 plus attendee, um, 20 something people supporting the booth staff on site. Um, that's what we mean larger. It's really a corporate focused show um, and it involves engagement and strategy and planning from the entire marketing team. So that's one that we usually plan eight months to a year ahead of time. And then obviously, as, as we get smaller, the, the planning and timelines get a little bit uh, you know, shorter. That was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, we were at uh, that like 130 number. Uh, we also support the CPA channel. We do a lot of client events with the CPA channel, about a dozen a year, where we'll go to a city and meet with their VIP clients for networking activities. So that falls under that number as well. Um, but that was pre-COVID. So I remember being at an event in February in Orlando for the um, our franchise team. It was the IFA conference. 
And we had heard about COVID. You know, there were rumblings that things were happening in Europe and there was discussion. But even as late as February, we still weren't changing what we were doing. But then I specifically remember sitting at my desk on March 13th and getting the call that South by Southwest was canceling and some larger like CES, which is a huge trade show, was canceling. And you can kind of see the domino effect after that. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And then shortly thereafter, all of ours sort of fell in line with either canceling, postponing, or moving to a digital platform. So, yeah. so So in this world where events are not a thing right now, Mm-hmm. Um, we're obviously talking innovation today. How has that whole world changed? How, how are they still accomplishing those, uh, those objectives? How are, how are they attacking this? Well, the way I look at it is events are a tactic, you know, and trade shows are a tactic. It's a platform. Yeah. But I report to the campaign engagement team. Liz Mertz is my manager. And I report to the same team that social media, our media buy, our nurture campaigns, so I, I look at events as an engagement tool. So even though the platform changed, the engagement shouldn't change, can't change really, because a lot of salespeople are depending on either um, sales or leads or networking opportunities, but we still need to provide that platform for them, even though the live event itself is canceled. Are these events in your experience, are they shifting virtual and, and how are they doing that? I mean, if you're looking at 10,000 attendees uh, mm-hmm. for a larger tier one conference, are those, are those conferences shifting virtual? Are they, how are the sort of organizers of those events innovating themselves? Um, and then how do we change how we show up when we don't have the big 2540 booth and the, you know, the touch screens and the iris scan technology for people mm-hmm. to test out. And, mm-hmm. you know, how, do, how does that shift happen? That's a really good question. And that was really the first challenge. I think the first week in March, I was invited to about 30 webinars on how to change your platform from a live <laughs> event to digitally. And I probably attended every one of them, to be honest with you. I, I listened to every webinar, um, literally every one of them. There was probably five or six a week that I plugged in and listened to. And the, the reason was, was because the term digital event I've learned is different across whoever's saying it, meaning that there are sure. the, the, the terminology is, is really a very broad umbrella. A lot of organizations came to us and said, great, we're canceling our live event for safety reasons, but we're switching to a digital event. And that could be anything from a webinar to duplicating the experience of attending a trade show through a digital platform where you log in and you literally go to um, our logo, click to chat with somebody, download our collateral or materials, and have that virtual experience of being at a trade show. So there's a huge gamut in between having a webinar, recorded webinar, to that virtual kind of experience. And we've facilitated all of them on our side, depending on the size of the show and their budget. Um, We've done about a dozen changes from a live event to digital so far this year with more expected to come. Wow. Yeah. Are you finding the level of engagement at those? You know, I, I imagine, you know, when you're in a live space and you're walking around a floor, you're pulled by the, you know, the glitz and the, the hype. And, you know, maybe if there's special guests in the booth or things like that, um, are you finding that I would imagine that the, the, the result would be that you're getting a, a more concentrated and more, a sort of more highly engaged and more interested visitor, virtual visitor, 
than you might if it's just maybe dealing with sort of the ebb and flow of, of physical traffic moving through a space. These are people who are specifically interested in the products and service that Paychex has to offer. Is that a, a fair assumption or what are you seeing in terms of engagement? I definitely think that's the pitch. Um, I've, I definitely think that um, that show organizers um, use that as a selling point, that there is an opportunity for more attendees based on the lack of travel. However, I would argue the other side of that, because I think when somebody gets on an airplane and intentionally goes to an event and goes to a show, they're going for a purpose. There's uh, The intention is there. So somebody knows that they're going to get certification, they're going to see certain speakers, they're going to go meet certain partners and vendors. But when you log on to your laptop at home, you have your child in the background wanting lunch, you have your phone ringing, you have emails <laughs> coming through. So your yeah. your focus is different. And for me, the, the most valuable reason on attending of, for attending a live event is the surprise of that engagement, right? You, you go not knowing what you're going to learn. There, you, you go meet with your tribe and there's a whole discovery that you don't get that online. So for me, I think it's the opposite. But I do know, to your point, Deborah, that that is definitely a selling tool for for why people are going to to digital platforms. I know what you're saying about the um, digital events meaning one thing. I mean, Deborah invited me to a digital event the other day that was <laughs> just her um, singing along to Hamilton while uh, hey. she's on a Zoom call. And, and I, I mean, I, you know, the level of engagement on my end at that digital event um, was was maybe lesser. So well, um, you were at a loss. Think, think, the engagement was mute. That's a, <laughs> yeah. a loss. Right? That's a loss for you. That's a loss yeah. for you. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I kind of wanted to shift gears with you yeah. because I, you know, I think one of the reasons um, that we wanted to bring you on is is really hit on where all the innovation that's happening, kind of in that trade show world. But also, I think you have a very interesting story about innovation. Um, in this, you know, in this whole COVID-19 situation where there was some innovation that essentially happened within your job, right? Can you talk a little bit about that and how, how that's kind of been pivoting a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think if I look back at the last quarter, um, agility and innovation were absolutely um, the most important words that I would use to describe the past three months, not just for me, but for the rest of our team. Sure. Um, we putting were sort it, of putting it lightly, to. right? Yeah, we were forced to <laughs> in, in a good way. I mean, talk about getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, we really had to look at what is the main reason we do trade shows, live events, live activities. It's, it's to, to aid the sales team in a connection. And how can we aid them with, without having that opportunity to, you know, shake somebody's hand or look at them in the sure. eye face to face. So we um, invested in a, a digital booth so that the sales team can send out a physical representation. It's a rendering of our booth and they can proactively send it out to their sales um, prospects or partners or people that they would have met if they had gone to a conference. Um, we've been working on capturing client testimonials. I was asked by my former manager, Karen Wozniak, to help promote podcasts with Laura Matthews. These are all parts of um, events, if you think about the word event, right? The word event is, is, is a marketing activity. So they kind of fall under that. So in the spirit of innovation, I, I sort of had to look at my role and think, how can I expand it to learn more and stretch myself and provide value to paychecks? So, and to be honest with you, it's been fun because I've learned some new things. I mean, I, I was a podcast listener I now am a, you know, 
a podcast doer. So it's been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite the shift, yeah. but it's been that fun. Is the, that is the professional term. <laughs> yeah, that's what we podcast doers. We're podcast yeah. doers. Um, and, and you have, you know, I, you and I have chatted a little bit. Um, you have experience with this sort of uh, audio medium, right? Ooh. In a In a previous life. Is that a fair thing to, to call out? I will like sort call of, it you know, on-air personality. There you go. Yes, you you are an on-air personality, a former radio host. As Kevin and I, I also am, yeah. have previous radio background, so we're going to start our own like uh, sort of UHF station. I think here after uh, yeah. after we jump off, but um, I think that's a great plan. Yeah. And we will have three listeners. That's right. It'll be us and my dad. My dad listens too. Yeah. Shout out to Ira. Big shout out to Ira. So tell us about um, what the experience has been for you, given your experience with radio as a foundation and the sort of coming together of your event planning and and this being an event, you know, really Mm -hmm. essentially a marketing event and, um, and this radio background that you have. Talk a little bit about that. Well, besides being a fan of podcasts um, and a huge music fan, which ties into the kind of podcasts I listen to, I think that a good event person is a good planner. It's somebody that can take a creative idea or strategy and execute it. And that transfers over to a lot of different mediums. Podcasts is a medium, just like a webinar, a white paper, trade show, social post. So I think there's a there's the synergy is that a good planner can plan other things. Um, I also have a, I love talking to people. <laughs> I, I like sitting on a plane and telling them that I work for paychecks and what I do and meeting us, you know, that, that connection with a stranger. And I think that plays very well in booking guests. I see something that's interesting online. I an article, somebody sends me something and I pick up the phone and, and find out if it fits our strategy. So I think there's a, a synergy nice. there that, that, that plays into both. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I love listening to people's voices. Um, <laughs> you know, I know the power, the power of, you know, putting on your headset and getting kind of lost into the next 15, 20 minutes. So I, I yeah. love that. I love that we yeah. have a captive audience. Yeah. So speaking of which, can you tell us about Jim Gaffigan? And yeah, then also that's really, this is all us, been a, it's all been a lead up. Tell us when, yeah, tell us when he's coming on to talk about culture. Yeah, uh, on the Culture Unfiltered podcast, a dramatic podcast crossover event. Well, I appreciate the fact that it's been what fifteen or sixteen minutes, and you've waited that long to ask me that. So um, <laughs> we've been polite. Yeah, we've been texting each other. Like, are we going to talk about? When are we going to talk about Jim? Let's talk about Jim. Cut to, to the Jim. chase. Um, so, in all fairness, I it's not, I'm not invited to his house. I'm not going to have like dinner with the Gaffigans and Gina. Like, I'm not sitting at the end of the table and. See, that's an insider Gaffigan joke, if you got it. <laughs> um, his YouTube channel is Dinner with the Gaffigans. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was fantastic and super easy to work with. But I do honestly give credit. I think the bigger superstar here is Gene Marks because Gene Marks is, he, he hosts our podcast channel. He's written for the New York Times and Washington Post. He's been on all kinds of, you know, financial sound bites and he's a he's a a podcast doer right yeah he's a doer he's a doer (laughs) and he does them well um but he he, you attach gene's name to it and it's going to be quality and and that's what happened we gene i follow gene on twitter as you all should and he mentioned that he had seen i guess jim gaffigan does the 60 minutes Mm -hmm. the old andy rooney bit the old uh you know 
<laughs> comedy yep. thing at the end of 60 minutes so he 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 forwarded that in his twitter feed so i liked it and then when we had our weekly call i mentioned it and i said hey did you know that jim has a tie of paychecks in rochester a little bit and you know this whole garbage plate and the whole thing about how zweigel sent him the pack and everything and gene's like i did not know that we should get him on and i said yeah let's get him on and then we yeah. got him on. That's how easy it was. I promise yeah, you. Just like that. Let's just call up Jim Gaffigan. You. No, I, I imagine it. He seems like, I mean, as much as I know Jim Gaffigan, which is not a lot, but in yes. terms of his comedy, I, I know a lot. But yeah. personally, he and I don't go way back. He seems like the type of guy. Yeah, Gene, I guess, had met him years ago in a street in Chicago and they had, you know, introduced themselves. So, so Gene was the star here more than Jim. So good. Sorry. It's so good. But I think yeah. what's interesting, right, is like the perspective that he brought to the table as a business, right? It wasn't just let's get him on because he's a name, but he actually had some really relevant and sort of insightful information, um, you know, from his perspective. And I think, you know, as a business podcast, it's interesting, you know, when you hear, oh, it's a business podcast, you think it's going to be all these sort of corporate bigwigs talking about, you know, bottom lines and P&Ls and all these sorts of things. But there are these other business owners that are entertainers or small business owners or things like that, that are coming to the table with these really great insights. And obviously his name, just seeing his name next to paychecks was a thrill <laughs> for us. Yeah. yeah and we it get... was a great story. It was really yeah. a good story. I mean, the business of Jim Gaffigan is he makes his money on the road and could yeah. no longer do that because yeah. of COVID. So what else do you do? What is talk about innovation? He is doing like this drive-in series where he's um, performing at drive-ins and across the country and he's promoting his youtube channel and you know he's had to be innovative i think that's the most interesting part of doing podcasts is that the platform allows for a lot of like nuances our g marks podcast we've interviewed danny abrams who is a huge restaurant conglomerate and the perspective of restaurants what are they going through during covid right what are the challenges that are specific mm -hmm. to them We've interviewed Gene. We've interviewed Angie from Angie's List. These are all like really unique stories. And that platform gives us a chance to tell them, even if it's a small business you may not have heard of or it's somebody like Jim Gaffigan. You know, it, it, the story of how businesses are adapting during COVID is something that biz other businesses can learn from. Yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, I think that that leaves us with a lot to talk to our producer Matt about. The, yeah, uh, you know the fact that we have been, um, you know, booking our off. own guests. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I think we need a um, Gina. I am available for cheap. Yeah. I am available. We'll send you some uh, Pearl Jam bootlegs to to butter you up a little bit. That would be something I would appreciate quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I would appreciate that. I'm a, as Deborah knows, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. So oh, if you, you would tie Pearl Jam to it, you've got my attention. All yes. Right. Yes. Well, yes. Gina, thanks for uh, for chatting yeah. with us about innovation, fun. about adaptability. I, you know, your insights are uh, are fun for us to dig into because I, like I said, I I don't think a lot of people think about the trade show side of it and the event side of it as something that uh, has shifted significantly in the last five or six months. So um, certainly interested to uh, hear your, your perspective and, and thank you for, for joining us on your very first ever podcast. I know it is good to see that since I went to college for broadcasting, that I get to not only convene with you two <laughs> fellow broadcasters that we've gone far with our degrees. 
Um, yes. And are using them yeah. wisely. We're using them. <laughs> Thanks, student loans. Thanks, Allie Mae. Yes, thank you. Um, at least right. we sound good. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously, at that at was the end of the day, guys. that's all that matters. Thank you so much. Talk Thanks, Thank you. Bye. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020. All rights reserved.